Hey, this is Elisa from Spoken Views Reno, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Another edition of Up in the Mix coming to you hot from the Honeycomb Hard Out Part Do, plus multiple locations around the world. The Earth is Sean, aka the Truth, aka the Super Nicest, aka the Nar Mr. R, aka not the Black Dude you thought I was. This is Caesar, aka Della Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican Ernesto, Captain Kulo Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also, that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get in here? Alumni de la gente, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the baby whisperer, and tracksuit papi. <laughs> Welcome to another edition, Caesar. We're back. This is our third episode, our 97th episode overall. That's a lot. How are you? How are you feeling? Uh, doing good. Just, you know, getting a little bit more crazier as I work from home more and more um, and not get out of Reno. So, uh, it's tall men- mentally, but I do get to uh, early morning bike rides while it's nice and cool. And, you know, still being a little creative with photography, uh, the podcast, the radio show, just those uh, mental outlets that is helping me stay semi-balanced. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sean? Uh, this was the uh, last week preparing to go back to work to school next week. Dun, dun, dun. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Obviously people are upset mm-hmm. uh they had a school board meeting on tuesday um i didn't go but samantha went and testified in front of the school board about you know why they weren't opening and then the, the thing that made everyone mad is like they made criteria for closing hmm. like they're like you know they're like testing positivity rate number of cases blah 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 and they're like if two of these three things are met then we'll, we'll close the schools they're going to vote on that at the next meeting and meanwhile, like the paper reported, all three of those things are already being met. Like, <laughs> and how many? Make, how many need to make it? Two out of three, and all and three, three are already being met. <laughs> so it's like, if they pass that, then they're gonna have to shut down schools right away. Right There's away. No, everyone's like, "Why are you opening it if this is the?" Okay, so yeah, more stupidity. More uh, yeah, because in in Arizona, a bunch of teachers called in sick, right? Like all the yeah. Teachers- all the teachers called in sick for to close everything down. People have talked about that. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear about that, but I know that was people have talked about it. But the the association was like, no, like mm. don't. That's not because that's almost like not. almost like striking, almost right. Well, and plus, like if you do that, you're only hurting. If it's not official, mm-hmm. you're only hurting like the other teachers who don't do it. Like they're screwed, covering for yeah, you. and substitutes and, like. Yeah, no one else is like the other like the people who you're trying to get attention to. It's like no one's gonna know except for the people in your building. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. You know, Monday. It, it'll be interesting to see how long we stick to this before our cases go up. But before shit closes. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, and I, I'm obviously not a school board member who know better than doctors. Yeah. supposedly. <laughs> Yeah, and scientists and whatnot. 
Exactly. But uh, this week we have a very special guest. This is a friend I've known for 10 plus years, like since I first moved to Vegas for school. And uh, this guy is, he's a musician, a songwriter, you know, old man BMXer. He's a, you know, owner of Devil's Tower Records. We have here in the, you know, honeycomb virtual hideout, Jack, mm -hmm. Jack Evan Johnson. Welcome to the show, Jack. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, you know. It's been a while to see your, see your sweet face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I remember back in the day, you used to have a beard like this. and uh, You haven't, you haven't, I know, and now you stole it. I yeah. just, <laughs> but I just got gray stubble. And I want, <laughs> I want gray now. But uh, give uh, us give us a little background on you, Jack. Yeah, we're, where are you from? You're, yeah, you're right now. You're in Nashville, Tennessee. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Nashville. Um, man, so uh, grew up uh, grew up in Vegas. Um, I rode BMX most of my life. Uh, went to college. Uh, studied uh, journalism at UNLV in Vegas. That's where I met Caesar and. Bunch of other maniacs and uh, <laughs> and kind of, you know, that was that was kind of a transitional time when I was kind of, you know, riding my bike less and, and uh, kind of getting into music. And, um, you know, eventually, uh, you know, after college, uh, worked at a newspaper for a number of years and, you know, rode my bike less and played more music. And, and eventually that that led to quitting journalism and um or at least quitting that that's that full-time job i had uh in nevada and and kind of kind of diving into the music thing i went to australia for a year uh and then ended up uh out here in nashville where i've been for just under just under five years um and uh ironically uh just got back into bmx i mean it came came full circle i just got a new bike and pretty pretty stoked on riding again yeah it just it happens like you know i take a bunch of time off my bike all the time and just you know just there's feels like a little kid like there's nothing for me other than being on two wheels like so much freedom and just being two wheels on a bicycle it's crazy yeah i think i think that's a big part of it and, and that's something that I, I kind of forgot in a way, you know, just, just that feeling of, um, I mean, it's freedom in, in so many ways. I mean, and, uh, psychological and, and just, just like literal, I mean, we could <laughs> run, get away from any cop, you yes. know, any cop you did, you had a cop coming, coming after you. <laughs> You know, you could you could get away from a cop pretty they could, they easily. Could, they could come in a Lamborghini if they want. You know, some somebody rolls up on you, they want to steal your bike. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get away from them. I mean, yeah. it is it is safety, it is freedom, it is you know, it takes it takes you takes you around the world. I mean, you meet so many people. I mean, it's it's an awesome it's a really awesome thing. Yeah, I'm like, glad I, I got to grow up on yeah, a bike. Yeah, like the oldest friends I have is like through BMX. And doing like, totally. you know, like I said, doing hood rat shit together all the time, having each other's back and, you know, and just riding bikes super late at night. Like, I remember you remember that one time in Vegas, we were riding that. Wow, uh, that, there we go. That, that uh, <laughs> you remember that Pecos wall um, and we were riding it super late. And then this 
first cop comes through and he's just like, all right, guys, time to go, you know? And it was like late at night. It was like, you know, 11, maybe one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I the think I remember super, those, yeah. super young rookie cop comes and like stops us. Cause we're like riding back to the cars and he's like, you guys are on drugs. This is a high meth area. They cook meth out here and shit. And he's like, yeah, that was, that was insane. Yeah. And I mean, he, we're, we're... he's like, I'll bet you my whole paycheck. You guys are high on meth. And we're all just laughing. And Jack is just like, yeah, take me in. Test me right now. I'll take your fucking paycheck. Really? I don't remember that. That's yeah. Great, <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, that was insane because we were like, I, you know, I mean, there were, there were plenty of scenarios where like we were, we were up to no good and mm-hmm. maybe riding bikes on things. We, you know, private property and, and, you know, causing some damage, grinding down handrails and stuff. But this was the thing. We were in a public street. Mm-hmm. And we're clearly like, we're like college students all, you know, I didn't even realize it at the time, but thinking about it now, you know, I was probably like, we're all probably in the best shape of our lives. We're riding our bikes (laughs) all the time. We're we're sitting there on like, you know, thousand dollar BMX bikes. Uh We're all just like, like what are you dude he came in like super cop you could tell he was like like a, like a rookie the other guy is like you could tell the yeah. other cop is like fuck i don't even want to deal with this shit you know yeah. betty, betty white yes <laughs> <laughs> but he was like the other cop was just like man and i could see him in the back fucking super rookie cop hand on the fucking holster the whole fucking time and he like flashes lights, like flashes lights yeah like, yeah you guys are fucking high and we just like all laughing at him, and Jack, we're like, Jack. Yeah. I was like, Jack's about to go to jail for the night. We're gonna have to pick him up fucking on Monday. <laughs> yeah, and that's weird because I mean, that's that sort of shit. I mean, uh, I mean, look, like I'm a white dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to have that sort of stuff happen often, but uh, I mean, maybe you, you know, I, I can't speak to your guys' experiences, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you know a lot of minorities like that's a norm normal thing you know for a cop to roll up i mean i've i've felt it you know like getting pulled over and like cop will roll up super you know like like they do you know kind of (laughs) kind of cautious coming in hot you know yeah yeah and then they'll get up they'll get up to the window and and uh and they'll see that it's it's just like a white dude about their same age and they're kind of like oh okay cool you know what's up and they'll like let me off but uh you know, I mean, with everything going on in the world right now and, and uh, you know, the kind of dialogue that, that's coming to the surface. I mean, we know that that's not, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, so how did you- cops, cops, ain't, cops ain't as cool as they want you to think they are, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> so how did, that, how did that situation end? Like, <laughs> uh, they ended uh, we, we killed him. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> First, but we just ended up we uh, just, like he ended up letting us go because Jack was so persistent. He's like, "No, fucking take me in. Like, take my blood. I want to take your fucking paycheck." And then he's like, "Um, um, yeah, but um, that's like, you know, you yeah, know? like that. That's." Uh... <laughs> but yeah, and then we ended up just like going uh, going to the cars that's... and just continuing on our. You know, we just went back to school. Like, I think I was living on campus at the time still. So we just went one, back. One of my favorite, one of my favorite ones was when we were riding at UNLV. I don't know if you were there, mm-hmm. but we were riding at UNLV late at night. And, you know, there was there was campus, campus police mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, and cops rolled up on us and, and you know, we stopped and 
you know, like, what's up? And they, they were, they were giving us a hard time and, uh, and they're like, what are your names? And I'm like, uh, Jack Johnson and the guy <laughs> looks at me and he's like, and this was before, I don't even think, I don't even think like there was Jack Johnson, the musician, the other musician was famous. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really like a famous name. Yeah. Maybe if you knew the boxer from, you know, back in the day, hey, back in the turn, day, turn, <laughs> turn of the century boxer. But, uh, but he looks at me, he's like, Jack Johnson, right. That's not, that's not a real name. I'm like, dude. <laughs> it's, there's, it's famous as fuck. So what do you got to say now? Fucking cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, uh, I got, uh, I talked to Vince, Vince and James, you know, and to get, uh, get a couple of stories going on and to reminisce about our old hood rat days. So Vince, Vince, uh, Vince's story he wanted to talk or for me to talk about was if you guys remember going to that Mormon girl's house and her dad was a cop and you guys kept throwing everything in the pool, even like their family photos and shit. <laughs> uh i was not uh okay you guys with with mario right i'm not gonna name i'm not gonna throw anyone else under the bus but i i did i did arrive uh at that at that um party residence at that residence residence uh after a lot of a lot of bad things that happened uh-huh. to these to these people's house and uh, i didn't uh, i don't know i mean i did over the years i mean i did, you know you're running around on a bmx bike you do, what do you do, you do? Stuff you're, like you're, you're not proud of but i don't think i don't think i was ever like that mean and destructive i kind of but, was like hanging hanging around people that were doing some things that i yeah i don't know but what about the time your tooth got knocked out Oh, which yeah, jeez, which time? Which time? I don't know. Vince was saying like, uh, I ju- yeah, I jumped, I jumped. So that was again. We were, <laughs> you, were you there? Uh, Vince told me the story. I wasn't there at that one. We were at a. Uh, so I was probably twenty one or twenty two, and and that was that was real weird. We were we were uh, you know we probably I think we'd gone to a skate park and then we we went to a bar. So I must have been twenty one. And, uh, and then a friend of ours, um, I can't, I can't remember who it was, uh, had a friend or a friend of a friend that was like at a party and it was in the neighborhood, you know, over there on the West side, kind of by the YMCA skate park. And they're like, Oh, let's go to this, go to this party. Like half, you know, you're 21 and you're like hell you yeah. Go to par- you yeah. go to parties. A friend invites you to a party. You don't really ask too many questions. You go to the party. It's usually cool, you know. Sounds and crazy we, now, but that was like normal everyday life. Yeah, right? yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're cool, if you show up to a party yeah. and, and and someone's like, oh yeah, you know, there's so and so, you know, and everybody's respectful. I mean, you know, a lot of the times people weren't respectful. You know, hence <laughs> the the last story. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we showed up to this party and, and we walked in the front door and, and just immediately there were these these girls screaming at us and then and like, who are you? What are you doing here? And we're like, whoa, whoa, we're so-and-so's friend. And then like these 
like bro guys came out and they're like, who fuck are you? you know, to do it. Like everybody, we were just like, everybody was up in our faces and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. All right. Weird. You know? And, <laughs> and so then we turn around, we're walking out the door and uh, somebody said something to Doug. I think Doug was with mm-hmm. us and, and he <laughs> turned around <laughs> and spit on the guy or like threw a beer at him somebody spit somebody threw a beer and then it just erupted you know it was just it was just a brawl and uh and it just happened so fast you know so fast Doug being Doug being so tiny I I jumped into something that I maybe didn't didn't need to jump into but it was kind of one of those like it was kind of like fight or flight so you know you just all right well i better hit somebody before they hit me you know because it's gonna happen and um and that that didn't end well i mean there was probably four or five of us against a A house a a whole house you know of of like young bro dudes and some guy outside the front door clocked me in the mouth and then it was like first hit there go two teeth And, and then uh and it was it was messed up because or it might have been fortunate there are actually two fake teeth that I broke out skateboarding when I was a kid, and so I already had those crowns. Yeah. And the uh, the, the the those are the ones that broke out. So fortunately, I didn't lose any more uh, real teeth. But <laughs> but then so after this dude pops me in the mouth, and I'm like you know you're automatically like freaking out because you know your teeth just got busted out and then after that i mean i was done i was like oh god my teeth are gone i'm done and then it was like dudes just like pounced on me like like they, they saw me, they saw a little weakness know? yeah and so so next thing i knew there's like and i was it was winter time and i was wearing a jacket and i was like swinging and the jacket kind of came up over my head and uh just trying to get get away from these guys and they like drug me over across the yard or kicking my ass drug me i remember i was getting i was up against the hood of a car everybody was hitting me and you're like stumbling jackets over your head your mouth's bleeding you know you're like don't know where your friends are or what you know totally alone because everybody else was in another part of the yard the same thing was happening, yeah happening except, to them. except for vince and crawling, then I, crawling on the grass yeah, but, but what happened is Vince, he saved me. I was I was then, you know, stumbling and I beat my ass and then I'm like across the street and then I'm up against the neighbor's garage. You know, <laughs> three guys hit me up against the garage and then I'm on the ground and they're like on top of me and I just remember Vince like runs up like, you're gonna kill him. <laughs> you know, and Vince Vince like pulled like three guys off of me. And and uh, yeah, we got out of there. <laughs> I had a really good picture on my MySpace page when we got back to Vince's house, and my mouth is just destroyed. Uh, yeah, you got. But you I'm got- like I'm like smiling, you know, and like toothless. My lips are all bloody. Yeah, anybody could go mining my MySpace page for that. Yeah. That'd be great. You go. Uh, you got little scrappy Doug, super super skinny, but always down to like throw down. And then Vince, you know, little little portly Asian guy, crawling on the grass is pretty. No, but you know what? Uh, I think I think Kagan was there. Oh yeah, that, and, the 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 Thor. He was, 
yeah you know like the biggest guy we know was there but uh he was he wasn't helping me <laughs> he, was, he was probably taking on three or four dudes himself kagan is this dude yeah. he's probably like seven feet tall he's like six seven i mean six huge. seven yeah. something like that yeah and just like long he used to have long blonde hair my friend Andy, when he first met him, he's like, Caesar, are we fucking hanging out with Thor or something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking just now. And he's, Sounds like Thor. And he's from Alaska. And I have this theory with everyone from Alaska is a little off. And he just, uh, he's really long, really tough dude. And, you know, I've seen him take numerous dudes down. I've seen him punch this one guy through two pieces of drywall in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> And it's dude, and it was almost as big as him. He wasn't like six seven. He was like six two or something. And they were just talking shit. And Kagan just like punches him, and the guy falls through. We're in a garage. He falls through the drywall in the garage we're at, and he falls through the other drywall in the next garage. And you could see the other person's car and all their stuff. <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the, the business end of Kagan's that guy. Arm. Yeah, oh, he got like That's big. For sure big anthony lynch fist it's uh it's pretty funny uh oh we have and james ziti you know said a story you remember uh with dude boner at beauty bar and you like front kick this dude off stage oh man or were you a little are you a little you're bringing up up my violent past uh that's when when we had the most perspective employers hear this interview just kidding i'm never working again none of us are um you're a musician so yeah you're you're gonna be starving for the rest of your life i know i know it's like it's like everybody like lost their jobs and they're at home and they're broke and i'm like (laughs) yeah i've been i've been practicing for this for my whole life you know i know exactly what to do sleep in got it uh Mm -hmm. live on no money got it (laughs) um yeah, yeah, that was a Danger Boner show at at uh, at the old beauty bar in Las Vegas, and some guy kept jumping up on the stage and and you know not not in a yeah. cool way. Yes, and, uh, Jack was playing drums at the time. Yeah, I think I I think I jumped up from the drums, <laughs> stop playing and, totally, and just and kick this dude off the stage. I was there, <laughs> and he like swan dive straight head first down because he was so wasted. Oh man, yeah, we got banned from the beauty bar. <laughs> I know for, for, it, for that show. That was funny. It was so hard to get back into the beauty bar after that because I was associated with all the reckless people. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because remember, uh, Griffin was next door, so we'd go uh, we'd go see Chris, because Chris would always be bouncing over there, Chris from Chubby's. Yeah. And yeah. then we'd just go to the beauty bar if they had some shows and stuff. But yeah, let's let's go to some positive stories, Jack, while we're on this, this, yeah. this little Vegas don't, thing. You remember, don't get me in trouble. You remember, you remember that time? It was like one of your birthdays, and we were having like spaghetti at your mom's house, and grandma was there. And then grandma, grandma's, his grandma was so sweet and very nice. Talked to everyone nice and sweet, like usual sweet grandmas do. And she's like, let me tell you guys a little story. And then everyone like Marlis is there. Um, we're just like, you know, like super attentive. What's going to come out of her mouth. And she's like, Jack, I want to tell you, Jack is so much prettier than his sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, grandma, whoa. Oh my God. Sorry, Rosie, but like. 
uh, and uh, yeah, Jack is a handsome man. It's uh, it was pretty funny. And and then speaking of you being handsome, remember that time where you did like a little fashion show? You were on a catwalk, and you got oh you, you got on that catwalk. Whose fashion show was it? Uh, oh man, throwing me under the bus here. All my all my rock and roll cred from that last story just just uh, evaporated. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, I don't know. It was it was you remember Jill, my ex girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, she had gotten a gig doing some sort of modeling at one of these conventions. You know, you live in Vegas and there's all these uh, just random conventions that come through, like Interbike and, you know, every industry has some big convention. And it was a, it was some sort of hair convention. And they're like, yeah, we need male hair models, you know, pays 300 bucks, you know, or something. And I was probably, I mean, I was long. I mean, if I was... Yeah, if I was still with Jill, I mean, I was probably like 19. Mm-hmm. It was probably when I first first met you. And uh, and so I, I, I modeled. They, they took you, you know, there was like a catwalk. And they did your hair. And they gave you clothes to wear. They kind of dressed you and styled you. Just like kind of, you know, street clothes, but, but not your clothes. And... Uh, yeah and you like went out and like walked down a catwalk and turned around and walked back and it was very you're awkward in general (laughs) yeah i mean it was but i remember it was like kind of like it was funny i was i was actually thinking about this not too long ago it was before i was really playing playing music Mm -hmm. a lot you know and, and i'm sure i hadn't hadn't really played any any you know audiences of any of any notable size at that point and uh it like people clap you're on a stage and like everybody had clapped and like applauded and it was like you kind of got that rush that i was thinking like man maybe that like maybe you can do it spark sparked something that like made me want to be on a stage <laughs> i i owe it all to some weird modeling gig mm. you know yeah yeah. So speaking like before music, how did you start playing music? Uh got a got a drum set when I was about 18. I think my aunt, I mean, when I was real little, my, my aunt gave me the guitar and I kind of messed around with that, but didn't really put any uh serious work into it. I never never really felt, you know, I don't I I've never felt like a musical prodigy or anything. It's always been a lot of work, you know. Um and uh so i always had a guitar in the house but uh really started to care about it i got drum drum set when i was 18 i I worked at a uh pizza place and saved up some money and bought a drum kit because my buddy jared Mm -hmm. uh uh he was playing guitar and we were friends hanging out all the time so i thought i'd get drums you know classic classic buddy (laughs) buddy rock story and uh (laughs) So, so yeah, I got a drum kit and, you know, played drums, took lessons and, you know, really tried, you know, for a few years. And Jared was a, a, a probably still is, I don't know. He's a <laughs> fighter pilot now. He's yeah. in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, he was a great songwriter. So it was cool. It's like, I'll play some drums, my buddy's songs. And then, you know, his, his, he got kind of busy with his career in college and, and, uh, I wanted to do more music than I think he was able to do. And so kind of just figured, well, I should probably learn to write songs myself. <laughs> so then I'm not waiting around for somebody else to show up with songs. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, start playing guitar more and, and trying to write songs and, and man, it's, been a lot of that for a long time now yeah because i remember because you had uh all those bands like was it dude boner what was the other danger one? Bo- danger, danger boner danger boner dude, dude city <laughs> and then dude city that's what it is i got it yeah. mixed up. these are like these are like uh names off of parks and rec <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but andy, I, dwyer, uh, andy dwyer is use those band names yeah (laughs) and especially when you're young you know like what else danger boner you know dude city yeah Yeah. i kind of take pride in my bad good band names (laughs) you know that's good some band names are bad bad and then some are bad good yeah we're just good (laughs) but how long ago is this bad good is is kind of the sweet spot that i've always aimed for how how, Um, how long ago was this when you really started playing music in bands like this probably probably early 20s like dude city was the first kind of like danger boner was kind of this punk band and i played guitar and and drums in it and then i started a band called dude city which was my first band kind of like singing you know and and playing guitar and writing songs and had you know a few different drummers and bass players and stuff and did that for most of the the time that i was in vegas and you know recorded a few albums and you know music videos and and did you know as much as i could with that band and then um it's kind of just decided to go in a little bit different direction i was playing solo uh quite a bit um and that's that's kind of when I, I sort of transitioned into the jack evan johnson solo artist mm-hmm. thing which you know kind of uh, at least in my mind allowed me to to play solo or play with the band or you know because i mean i still play with a band i just i made a record uh put out last year called american pink that's jack evan johnson record but it's uh I mean, it's a rock and roll. It's loud, mm-hmm. you know, almost almost like the Dude City stuff was. So, in, in you know, and then I've I've been in a few different different kind of like side project things. It didn't last too long. Um, started a quarantine band with my girlfriend out here called uh, <laughs> Life Is Fucking Sketch, <laughs> and uh, recorded recorded a few songs over over quarantine. Actually, like eight songs and got an album that will i was like that's good that's a whole that's an album yeah <laughs> yeah yeah anything, anything over six songs is like an album today's standard yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah totally uh yeah so that was cool i mean just just and and i've been recording got a home studio in mm-hmm. january so the timing was real good on that yeah that's and real good <laughs> recording a lot this this whole time and I mean, it took over, man. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, you find, you find something that you're into and, and, uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of obsessive, you know, I've realized like, that's how I was with BMX. Like my whole, 
I mean, I rode my bike like every day for like yeah. 10 or 15 years, you know, got really obsessed with it. And then I decided that, I, oh, I like music now. And now it's been like 10, or, 10, or, fi 10 or 15 years of mm -hmm. like trying, you know, to be a musician, which is uh, it's hard. Yeah, you were, you were very obsessive because remember, we'd always make fun of you for uh, always like cussing because you couldn't land tricks and stuff like that. And, right. Yeah. And like yell saw, lot. he actually shared some video with me of you doing the <laughs> thing. Oh no! It, it was yeah. the, it was the intro to Marlis's uh, BMX video, and you're just like, yeah, the fuck, fuck this, fuck that, and like, remember when those kids were making fun of you, and you got so pissed, you just squirted them with water. <laughs> I like threw a bottle of water at a ten-year-old. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't throw. I think yeah, I squirted it. With it water. was just the water you splattered it over him. But we would always make fun of. We would always make fun of him. Be like, hey Jack, come on man, just pull that tail whip already, you know? And that would yeah. even, that would even get him so mad. And you could see him like his hands like go down like a little child. And we would just all laugh at. Him. <laughs> we would just all laugh at him. I was angsty, man. I you no, know, yeah, you I were. Mean, I, I've always, I mean, I've always been kind of mm. pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like I was, I was in anger management preschool. I don't know if <laughs> that's you ever knew that. that's wild. But that that was a that was a thing. I mean, I don't know. My parents got divorced when I was young. Or yeah, like yeah, yelling, yeah. Yelling in the house, you know, kind of. <laughs> I mean, my parents are rad, but I think it it probably just kind of just. I don't know. Just made me pissed. <laughs> there's this guy. There's this this older musician out here in Nashville, and he'd seen me play a few times, and we're kind of friends. And and I, I saw him in the parking lot at grocery store, and he's like, oh, "How you doing, man?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. You know, just made a new album or whatever." He's like, "Right on, man. We'll stay pissed." <laughs> I was like, "I will." <laughs> And I am. Because <laughs> usually that's where like good music comes from. Like we always talk about when Mary J. Blige comes out with like a really good album is because like her husband did something to her or, you know, yeah. like some oh, crazy... straight, straight up, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, BMX was like it was a physical release, but you yeah. yelled, yelled a lot. And like with music, I mean, the kind of music that I do, not all of it, but it's kind of, you know, half of it is probably like loud kind of punk, yeah, punk yeah, rock yeah, and roll yeah. stuff where where it is very physical and you're you're loud and you're yelling and you're you know jumping around so it is like uh it's been a, i mean aside from like a creative uh release it's been like a good physical release well. that mm -hmm. has taken the place of bmx i guess mm -hmm. yeah do you think uh do you think as a bmx writer it helped you in music you know because trying to land those tricks and you know it takes a lot of repetition mm -hmm. and practice of doing the same thing over and over yeah man sean that's a great question um i think that well i think i think definitely bmx like taught me how to be persistent and like taught me how hard it is to get good at something because i've never been like i mean i, I just get stubborn and i work you know, bust my ass and just get obsessive over stuff. And so, so definitely I was like, okay, I knew how hard it was to, to ride BMX and to get good at it. Like when I started playing music, I was like, all right, I can't like, I need like 10 years <laughs> before, you know, before I can feel good. And I just, I just knew that it was mm. like, it was like, you, it's like getting married or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> I get into something it's like okay uh 
I'm not going to puss out. I'm going to do this for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not, if it's You're still not, if, if it's still not fun, then I can quit if I don't get better. But like, I mean, stuff, you know, anything worth doing is, is worth doing, man. Yeah. It's, it's hard work. It's a grind. I also noticed. Uh, and else, yeah. I also know the sub the cultures of BMX and, and music, the mm-hmm. camaraderie, the, the traveling, yes. the, you know, you record an album, you show it to your friends, you record a video part mm-hmm. and show it to your friends. You know, there's just a lot of similarities. Also, what I've noticed about BMX that's really helped me through a lot of things is BMX is a one person thing. Like you're, you know, yeah, friends do encourage you to like land a trick and things like that. But it's you by yourself challenging yourself. You gotta have that, you gotta have that mental toughness. Exactly. That mental it's toughness. You, mm-hmm. You're relying yeah. solely on yourself and yeah. you know, playing even if you're in a band, you know, like you doing your part, you have you know, that's that you mm. have to have that confidence in yourself to do it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely absolutely. Mm. And like a lot of people uh co write songs, but I've I've never really been into that. You know, it's really kind of a just kind of a, a very um, I mean, I had, you know, I mean, it, it's all right, but for me, it's a very personal endeavor, just yeah. like trying to break through this, this, uh, you know, just break through something that, that, uh, whether it's like landing a trick on a bike or, or trying to finish a song, trying to get a good verse or trying to get a find, find that right word, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, exactly. um, you could you could co-write with somebody and get stuck and the other person will help you and it may it may be a better song but for me it kind of feels like a a handicap you know i, well, wanna, I mean i know. feel like i haven't done that that much but i feel like you have to really be close to someone to write co-write a song authentically you know like it's weird man i don't that's not the 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 uh the way it goes out here in Nashville, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of doing this, you know, like original music, rock band, you know, singer songwriter thing, but like in this, in this like kind of country music machine, uh, that's, that's big in town, uh, co-writing. I mean, you hear these, these pop songs on the radio and a lot of people have co-writing relationships and they find something that works and they'll, they'll stick with it for years and have a bunch of hits together and make money. But like a lot of these, a lot of these songs that come out of Nashville and I couldn't even name one cause I don't <laughs> listen to that shit. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, I love, I love country music, but the mainstream, not the pop country is mm-hmm. yeah. It's just trash. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of these co-writes are just, they're like business decisions. It's like, Oh, you had a hit with one song and you have a, does so this this will be a good chance of getting a hit and we should write together it's not even like i mean that's like a that's like a way of like people just meet and be like oh hey yeah what's up instead of like getting coffee or something it's like hey we should write sounds like sounds like the formulaic process with all genres of pop music yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah totally do you have do you have like a songwriting process that you know you like to follow to write or do what inspires you how do you go through that process um that's yeah that's a good question i think you you can you do it you do it long enough and you just kind of know when when something needs to come out you know uh, there's there's different 
there's different ways to approach it. Um, it definitely takes work. I mean, you can sit down and make a song out of nothing. Like I could sit down, right? I'm not inspired right now. I'm just I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about how I got, got to pee. But like I could write, I could write a song, and it might be good right now. But I'm not going to, you know, because I'd I could pee and then I want to go ride my bike, you know. <laughs> but like I think there, there are those. You just wait till like there's something that you can't. I think Joe Strummer uh, said something like you know a song is a, a song that when you can't not write it and a lot of people in nashville are very disciplined and they will wake up and write every day and they're they're booking co-writes with people and they're they're you know um there's just different ways to approach it personally i i don't write a song every day i might go weeks where i don't write a song but when I've done it for long enough that I know when there's a song to be carved out of some experience or some emotion that you're trying to process. Uh, and, and then it just takes like deciding, do I do the work? You know, do I sit? Some songs will write themselves. It'll, you sit down five minutes, you got a banger, you know, but that's very rare. It's just knowing, trusting yourself and when to do the work. And for me, it's, it's, it's when I can't not stop thinking about it. When I think of a line that's like, damn, that's too good to just sit in my phone. Like <laughs> I got to, I got to develop this, you know? Um, and, and like I said, uh, there's different ways to approach it. Like John Prine, who uh, he passed away in, in April mm -hmm. uh, from COVID and he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time uh he's you know he's old guys in the 70s uh one of the great quotes of him is from him is he's re he'd rather have a hot dog than a song <laughs> you know or he's like you know i'll be sitting there and if somebody's like i'm trying to write a song and somebody's like you want to come outside and look at look at a caterpillar i'll be like yeah i'd rather go look at a cat you know so like he's not he's just but but the guy was able to write some of the best you know country folk, folk mm -hmm. rock and roll songs of ever i yeah. mean the guy is like a brilliant he was right after he died he was named the poet laureate of illinois he was in he's been in nashville since the 80s but he's, he's from chicago and um and he's kind of lazy you know <laughs> and i think i think like not you know in that sense that he doesn't force it if it's not mm -hmm. there like like you said everyone we've had a lot of musicians on everyone has their own process yeah like we like to ask because yeah i know people who have like a writing journal they keep by their bed and you know they they write yeah, I, all the time i got one it's got dust on it yeah uh, <laughs> i mean my people my, who only write mm -hmm. you know like when they get inspired or like you said you they have like you know something to get out and they sit down and they write yeah and inspiration man i don't i don't want to give too much weight to inspiration because like you can make a song if you're if you're if you've done it enough and I've done it a lot, I've written a lot of songs. Um, and I've, I feel like I've been doing, I mean, I've been doing it over 10 years. I mean, that's like probably like 15 years now. And, and I'm constantly thinking about it. I'm obsessed. Last five years I've lived in Nashville. You can't get away walk from out it. the, get walk out the door and not get hit with a song, mm -hmm. you know? 
I mean, I could sit down right now and I could write a song and it wouldn't suck. I could write it about anything and yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't suck because I consider myself a professional. Um, but would it be something that I really care about enough to like put on an album enough to like, like really hang my hat on and be like, this is me right now. It's not just, it's not just representing me, but it's, it's really like, it's like coming in at an angle that, that sets itself apart from all the other bullshit out there. Um, these are all things that you're constantly, you know, do I stop everything and finish this song right now? Or do, or do I go ride my bike and, and <laughs> go think about, you know, you know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I guess I wait lately. I've been waiting until I can't not write the song. And those are usually the best songs. If that makes sense at all. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I just talk talking about that forever <laughs> yeah because sean sean's a songwriter as well and he does music as well so it's you know oh word are you gonna play yeah. some of your stuff you uh, play your stuff on the show this this is about this is about you but you could listen to it if you want later yeah yeah you should, you should, you should send it to me uh-huh. yeah um let's go you keep talking about nashville what made you move to nashville in the first place um best studios in the world I mean, I've always been really into the recording process and, uh, you know, there's some good studios in Vegas, but, you know, it's like, I mean, if you're a songwriter, you need to go to Nashville to know what you're worth. Like if you're an actor comedian, I mean, you go to New York or LA and it's like you, there's a reason for this, you know, it's not just like you do it because everybody else does it. I mean, it's like the industry is there. That's where all the people are. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, launch big ships, you gotta go where the water's deep, you know. Mm-hmm. And and moving here, and just just the the practicality of it, like in Las Vegas, it was hard to find musicians to play with. I mean, I had a band, and there were a few people that I, you know, that friends that I I did some really cool stuff with. But like, if your drummer couldn't take work off to do a tour like good luck finding another drummer Mm -hmm. short notice in vegas you know i mean there's some great drummers in vegas but they're not the mentality like in nashville everybody moves to nashville because their music is number one you know they've already sacrificed everything like i left i left my, my mom in nevada to move to nashville to work a in a bar, you know, where you can take time off and nothing gets in the way of music. Yeah. And everybody else in Nashville is the same way. There's no bullshit. There's just already like a level of, uh, I I don't want to say professionalism because, you know, everybody's kind of a burnout artist, but like professionalism, you know, Mm -hmm. or seriousness or interest, like, like a serious interest. And, yeah, and like yeah, most, yeah, like yeah. you said, music's number one out there. So that's why there's a lot of bartenders and they do a lot of bar back stuff because they can't have that time to yeah, really like L- 110. Like LA yeah. is acting. Like, you know, people go there, they get jobs that allow them, you know, if they get a... Their waitress a, job? Yeah, like they can leave and go to audition or something. It, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and it's huge, man. I mean, you... And, and like, it's so cool, like, living in a place like that where it's just so baked into the 
the culture. I mean, every job, I mean, you work in a bar or a restaurant or, you know, so those are the types of jobs that most people find themselves in. Um, they know that you're going to be taking time off for gigs and for touring. Like it's not, you don't have to like in Vegas, you have to be, you know, or, or any other place that's not a entertainment sort of, sort of town, you know, you'd have to tell your boss, well, you, you know, you see, I'm in a band and we need to, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like it your boss, them. it's like your boss in Nashville is also in a band, you know, and he's <laughs> taking time off, you know? So it's just like, and you know the studios are great there's there's just really good musicians it doesn't mean it's not like this magical place where all the you know uh everything's better because more music doesn't mean necess doesn't necessarily mean more good music i mean some of the best bands and some of the most creative uh musicians i've, I've ever come across anywhere from you know vegas like or just places where you know, but for me personally, um, I just needed to be around it more. I needed to know, mm -hmm. you know, like I wanted to be around these studios. I wanted to be around people that were full-time musicians, people that like were really like the people that I saw playing David Letterman and the people that I, you know, like, um, I just wanted to know what it was like to be in that world and not just uh, on the outs, on the periphery, you know, just looking in and wondering what it was like to do that, you know? And it's, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, making any money and I'm not, I'm not on David Letterman, but I have friends who are, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, I, and it's just cool to kind of be, be around it you know and in it and not not just feeling like uh not just feeling like an outsider you know mm -hmm. and, and and not just being around it but but being accepted and being like in it and you know, part, part of part, that, part of that it's culture. community it's mm -hmm. all it's all about community yeah. just being part of the community of people that are like really doing it for real you know and it lifts it lifts you up you know, it just, it does, I mean, how could it not, yeah. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So I think I've gotten, I've gotten a lot better, you know, since moving out here. I mean, getting, uh, you know, it's, it's damn near impossible to make, to make money in the music industry. I mean, a lot of the folks that are really killing it out here still have, still have part-time jobs. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the music industry. There's a lot of, a lot of rich kids. There's a lot of um, just like nepotism and, and industry stuff where like, you, you know, it has nothing to do with talent, you know, um, just like you would imagine, you know, but uh, uh, it has art artistically moving to Nashville, um, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, I can't, I can't under, uh, state mm -hmm. how, how much it's done for me as a, uh, musician, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So like national. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, that's good. Come cause... on, man. You should you know me long enough to not not let me just keep talking. Man. I'll go forever. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you first went to Nashville, like how was you know coming in from like Las Vegas and obviously you were in like Australia terrible for, for a little terrible. bit. Terrible. When you terrible. It was terrible it's, when you went in there. It's hard. They call it, they call Nashville a five year town. I've heard it. I've heard it. It's a ten year town. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, because man, it's you know I, I went to Australia from Vegas mm-hmm. and I was there for a year playing music and and it was kind of a novelty being an American you know mm-hmm. I mean there's a really good music scene in Australia yeah I don't think I was any better than anybody over there probably the opposite but you know I was an American and mm-hmm. you know got a lot of attention made a lot of friends and and I was there for like not even a year it was like nine months and it was it was badass felt special <laughs> and then i and then i and then I, I moved to nashville and i was just like another like white guy in a denim jacket that likes tom petty you know and and it was just like shit you know and uh it's been you know but then but then over time you you carve out your your place you know mm-hmm. i mean uh, you make your friends, you find your scene, you create your scene. It's like, and again, it's just like BMX. Like we ain't, we were never like buds with the guys in the magazines, you know, most of them, mm-hmm. but then like you carve out your scene and you find your crew and you find your people and maybe they will, some of them will end up in the magazines because they are just as talented. Mm-hmm. Um and Nashville is the same way. I mean, we, uh, I kind of found a crew of people who, you know, were all, all kind of moved here around the same time and uh, had pretty, you know, have a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool community. And, and Nashville is small and then you, you know, it grows and you just kind of got to keep your head down and just keep playing and being cool. And like Nashville's cool. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's accepting you know, there's just a lot of people here doing the same thing. So I think, and and it's very, uh, it can be intimidating, you know, if, if you allow it to be, but if you just sort of like ease into it and, and don't have any expectations and just like observe, you know, I mean, you're here to learn. I mean, this is mm-hmm. like, this is like music, like, grad school you know i mean these are you're here the best in the, in the world or are, are here um just be cool and observe and 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 find your place you know and right now i i feel good i mean i've, I've been playing i play a lot ever since i mean not now yeah, you know, yeah but uh i mean as soon as i showed up i started booking shows and uh meeting people and uh I had a, a zine that, that I, I did with uh, my ex-girlfriend for about a year and a half. Um, that was, you know, sort of like interviewing a bunch of people and uh, met a lot of people through that. And uh, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good scene. It's supportive, uh, but, and it's, uh, it's challenging um it's rewarding you know Mm -hmm. if you it'll give you what it'll give you what you 
it'll give you back what you put, put into in. it, okay. I guess. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of people show up and like, they don't do shit and they're intimidated so they and, don't they, get shit. Mm -hmm. and they don't get shit. And maybe it'll take like a long time because they're just like waiting for an opportunity. And you got to have that real, like, I've found that, that, that one of the best things to have is just that like DIY, uh, that self-motivation, just that self-motivation, just that, you know, you're not going to wait for anybody to like, nobody's going to show up and hand you a record deal. You know, most people aren't going to ask you, I mean, book your own shows, mm -hmm. you know, start your own record label, start your, your, oh, you're not getting in the, in the, in the big magazine, start your own magazine. Yeah. Fuck you, <laughs> you know? And like, and just, if you do that stuff, because everybody is so, uh, because the stakes are so high in Nashville, it is, it is the big leagues. You are on the big stage. Uh, people are afraid to offend other people, you know, so they're Step not, on they're toes. not, yeah. So they're not, they're not that aggressive. And there's a real, there's a real fine balance here because people in Nashville hate arrogance and they hate cocky people. Like they talk about, you know, uh, I mean, there's stories about people who move here from LA and they got that, you know, like Nashville is a very humble, chill, chill vibe. You know, you, if you show up with a business card and try to give somebody a business card, it's going in the garbage, <laughs> you know, like, like you people here and then, and I think that's where the five-year town thing comes from like people just hate people being pushy because it's crowded it's like being on the street in new york you everybody's gotta, yeah. a musician everybody wants to promote their shit everybody's got a new song they're excited about everybody's got a famous friend everybody you know it's just like everybody's the fucking same so just like mm. be cool and pay it your doesn't dues. matter how, how talented you are because everybody is mm-hmm you know, um, you know, there's this guy, Mick Mullen is a great country songwriter friend of mine out here. And he's, he's got a line in a song. Um, it's, it's like the guy that just served you that beer wrote the best song you'll ever hear. And your Uber driver is also quite the writer, <laughs> you know, because, because, you know, talent is almost becomes like, everything that you thought you knew when you're in a place like Vegas, where you think like being the best in the best band is gonna, is gonna pay off. Uh, it's all that is all that is inverted in Nashville. It's just, it's a mind fuck. And, and figuring that out is, is just crucial to getting anything done here. Like nobody cares how talented you are, you know, like, are you a good hang? It's like BMX. I mean, think how many people hung around that like sucked, but like they were cool. Yeah. And then they, and then they'd get photos in the magazines, mm -hmm. even though they're, you know, because they're just cool and they're they not just like, happen to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They ain't weird. They're just, they're just chill. And so like, I think Nashville is just like moving to Nashville, just like learning the art of like being chill, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard if you're, if you're, if you're motivated, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, is that it's like this weird fucking dance you know it's like you got to be motivated you got to work hard 
but you can't tell anybody how hard you're working because then they'll think you're pushy, but then you got to work. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's weird, man. Nashville just wants you to pay your dues. You know, you got to straight you, up. You got to like, yes, pay, pay your dues. Like we understand you're good. Everyone's good, but just put in the grind like everyone else did. And that's why five years seems like good. 10 years. Yeah. Cause there's a thing that Dallas Penn says it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Straight up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, mm. I mean, I, and, and you can know that living, you know, like, it's like you live in Vegas and, 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 you, you know, you know, all the legends of Nashville yeah. or whatever, whatever thing you're into. And, and, uh, you know, there's all these famous songs about people being down on their luck in Nashville and how hard it is. And, you know, you like intellectually know that, mm -hmm. but then like, I mean, just like moving here and committing and experience, experiencing it and being broke and working hard and having nobody give a shit and, you know, and then like, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you can't, you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. You can't read about it. You can't, I mean, you just have to live it, you know, and I think that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your fucking Jack. I don't know, man. But uh, I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Nashville, how's it been? Like, because I've noticed that you've been going out to protest and things like that a little bit more, and being like a little oh, act yeah. active in the community. How is Nashville with like COVID going on and the protests? Uh, well, there were some big protests. I was out in Vegas when, when the stuff kind of kicked off at the, at the beginning of the, the BLM stuff and right after, you know, George Floyd and all that. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't catch any of that out here and I was staying with my mom. So I was, uh, you know, I didn't catch any in Vegas either, but, uh, since I got back, uh, you know, I've tried to get into it. I mean, I'm, I'm, constantly following and I'm constantly like sharing mm -hmm. stuff that that seems important um there's a there's a group of teenagers out here called uh teens for equality that that started a uh, a big march and they did a couple of them I went to the second one it was on fourth of July and uh yeah it was just like a massive um you know just a massive march downtown uh and then the other thing, which, um, you know, I've just been, uh, glued to, to watching this thing, uh, uh, unfold is, is like two months ago, this, this group of activists, uh, called themselves the, the people's plaza. Um, they just started camping out at this legislative plaza down in front of the, the Capitol building in Nashville. And their their whole thing was that they they want to meet with the governor. They want you know they want to defund the police. They want there's a statue or a, a bust of this Confederate general called Nathan Bedford Forrest in the Capitol building here, and he was the first KKK KKK Grand Wizard. Dang. Like, and, and there's a, his bust in the Capitol building right now. And it's like, people have protested it and tried to get it removed and it's still there. And these, uh, this group of activists, they, 
they uh, they started just posting up like in front of the in front of the Capitol. They renamed it the the Ida B. Wells Plaza. Um, you know, she was a she was an activist and uh, journalist. Wrote about lynching and stuff. Um, and they like renamed it. They got got their social media game on, and they're just out there like up and and then so then the governor posted up all these Tennessee Highway Patrol cops like protecting the Capitol. And at 11 p.m., the the park closes, and so they're just up there on the grounds, and they're 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 just getting arrested every night. They're you know cops are th- you know throwing you know the story i mean they're throwing people on the ground people dozens of people are getting arrested so it's been two months of this they've gotten some good local press i mean a lot of people are following them online but i don't know if they've gotten that much national press but they've been there 24 hours a day for for two months and then the the legislature just held a, a special meeting where uh, they voted on some bills to uh, criminalize camp- camping on state property. They call it camping. And so they, they just made it. Uh, I think the governor's about to, I, I think he's about to sign the bill. I mean, he's going to sign the bill because mm-hmm. he's the reason that they had the meeting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, to, to make it a felony to camp on state property and, and also, uh, there were some other things like mandatory jail time for people who were, you know, camping. If you, if, if you assault an officer and like all these, all these things directed at these, these Peaceful uh, pro- protesters, protesters mm-hmm. down there. So I was down there. Um, I haven't been down. I'm not a part of it. I've just been, you know, watching and, and kind of supporting them and donating, you know, they have like bail funds when people get arrested, I get, you know, give them some money, but, the, the the legislature had their special meeting this week and uh you know they have these honkathons where you drive by and honk and support and i did that one day and then wednesday i just you know i got it well my horn broke actually <laughs> on my van i was honking so much so i was like i just got to go down there and you know stand stand with these guys mm-hmm. and, and check it out and it turns out it was the last day of the of the special um legislative session and they had uh handcuffed themselves to this railing out in front of the building and they're just like double down on it and and of course all these all these bills were were passed anyways so now so now it's a felony to uh or it's going to be to to camp on state property so they're they're pulling out right now. They just posted something uh, on their Instagram um, t- today, or it might have been yesterday, where they're 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 pulling out of the plaza, but they're gonna you know keep organizing and and you know find different ways because um, you can't stop. You know you have to like rebel without a pause. You got to keep going no matter what. Yeah, but these, I mean, they're they're just like I mean. I don't know. I've never seen, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, all the, all the, the marches and the, the stuff in Portland is amazing and, and, and all over the world. I mean, there's, there's badasses everywhere, but these, these people in Nashville, it's just like, I mean, it's like the punkest shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. 
I mean, they're just like up in these cops' faces, you know. I mm-hmm. saw when I was down there when I was down there on Wednesday, you know, they got this crosswalk and they're walking back and forth across across this cro- crosswalk with signs like all day and and uh, and, uh, and this cop pulls up pulls up the crosswalk and he gets on his speaker and he's like, "You want to get arrested? Get out of the way." And this guy's in the crosswalk. He just looks at him and just fucking flips him off right in his face. Just like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know, just doesn't even flinch. So they're yeah. just all down, you know, and then the cop like speeds off. I'll, I'll you know, piss off. Them like, her. Pout, like pouty, <laughs> you know, but um, it's just a, a real, really, and they got, and they got, I mean, they got the attention yeah. of, of the governor and of the legislature. He didn't come down and meet with them like he wanted, but they, um, they held a meeting to uh, and they voted to remove this is a, a few weeks back uh, or a month or so ago. They, they did vote to remove the, the KKK bust out of the Capitol, but it has to be approved by the, the, the Tennessee. KKK. It, yeah, it has to be confu- <laughs> con- approved by a second board that this Tennessee uh, historical mm-hmm. commission and I'm not sure who sits on that commission but I mean <laughs> these fucking assholes like in the legislature just this when they're when the, the the protesters are down there on the street these fucking state representatives are like hanging trump signs out the window of the capitol they're like they're fucking like there was a, a journalist had a picture of of a couple uh 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 a couple of the i don't know if they were senators or um reps but they uh they were taking pictures in front of the kkk bus i mean these are elected officials yeah they're down there like in the, pro- in the protesters face and then they're like taking pictures with this kkk bust in the fucking capital it's like insane mm-hmm. man this is why you know local elections matter like there are state representatives and stuff the people that sit on that historical board like people don't pay attention to that kind of stuff but that's what really matters you know like, they pass that law super quickly right well maybe if they had some better people elected in their you know state legislation they wouldn't be able to outlaw protesting basically but mm-hmm. yeah this is, you know this is People. But it's the South, man, and it's so it's yeah. so heavily heavily Republican yeah, yeah. down here, and it's just it's like it's weird living out here, man. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good people and and progressives and and artists and and Davidson County, where where Nashville is, uh, uh, I, I think votes blue um, usually, but like the there's just there's well. just some backwards there's some backward shit in in the south man i mean they were gonna one of the things that was in the news when i first moved out here is somebody was trying to uh get a uh i mean i think it was the state legislature they were trying to get a a monument to unborn fetuses built on the cat on the capitol grounds jesus christ what i don't know fuck? what that is yeah no seriously man you can't make this shit up uh, like, you cannot make this shit up man. no like, i don't even know what is i don't even know what that is like a big concrete fetus so i don't i don't know oh man that's fucking fucking the south man 
They all still, yeah, it's wild. They love the KKK and the Confederate flags out there still for some reason. Yeah, we heard Mississippi voted to to get rid of their Confederate uh, yeah, state flag. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I mean, there's some there's some good work being done out yeah. here, but but the man, just like the history and just a lot of these a lot of these people out here, man, it's it's. Uh, I mean, there's rednecks everywhere, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just different. It's just different from being in the West. Yeah. But, well, that's the interview portion, Jack. Uh, we're all done with it. Oh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what 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 now? What now? I'm gonna play my, my song of the week, and we could take a little break, and so we could all go to the bathroom because I need to go too. That you've been talking about going fucking pissing shit <laughs> yeah i know i gotta i gotta look yeah yeah <laughs> all right but uh my song well, my my song of the week right now it, it's uh the right man for the job by jack evan johnson hell yeah so uh listen and enjoy guys salute <laughs>
All right, welcome back. That was uh, Caesar's Song of the Week, Right Man for the Job by our guest this week, Jack Evan Johnson. Yeah, that was off uh, American Pink, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration? What was the inspiration for that album cover? I know you were like, like a police officer and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a song uh, on the album called "The Force," mm-hmm. and it's it's written from the perspective of a cop that yep. uh, uh, ends up shooting a guy, uh, and so I I yeah I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like it because, like, me, you know, like, shooting photos and stuff, like, album covers really stand out all the time to me. And that was, like, an awesome one, you know? Yeah, my friend Vivian uh, shot that in Vegas. Um, I I knew a guy that, uh, uh, I know a guy that has an antique shop in, in Boulder City, and he he had a bunch of Boulder City police uniforms. Oh, shit. I don't I don't know how he got him. So that's actually a, a real suit, real cop. Yeah. And the badge, the badge and the whole deal. So it's, it's kind of funny. Cause that's, you know, that's my hometown. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, growing up as a kid, you know, especially riding BMX all over town <laughs> and getting into trouble, you know, the cops are always yeah. chasing you off stuff. And especially when cops and, don't have anything to do out there. Cause there's no casinos. Boulder city is a small community where, they don't allow casinos. They don't allow a lot of stuff because they want to keep that small knit community out there. Yeah, it's got controlled growth, and mm-hmm. you know, all, it's pretty. Yeah, just small. You know, some small town cops. They got don't have that much to do but mess with the kids. So it's just kind of this funny <laughs> for me, kind of fun to get in a Boulder City Police uniform. And yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if I mean, if you zoom in on it, maybe you can kind of see some of the letters. But yeah. Uh, I think people in in Boulder City would get a kick out of that. No, but, but that's fucking aw- that's that. fucking awesome. And like, yeah, Boulder Boulder City cops just fuck with kids and go to Tony's Pizza and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're welcome at Tony's Pizza. Well, that's good then, because I <laughs> when you, when you work there, I used to love going there all the time. Yeah, it's best pizza mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> Shout out Tony Tony's Pizza, Boulder City, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, up? That's, that's actually the only place I knew to eat in Boulder City. So it's the only place to eat anywhere. <laughs> but, awesome, right now. Yeah. So you know, obviously with the pandemic and everything, watching a lot of TV shows. Do you have any TV shows you've been watching, or series, or movies? Oh man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny. I, I I made the joke to somebody the other day that that's actually the only thing anybody has to talk about because everybody's life experiences are otherwise exactly the same. You know? <laughs> right now, yeah. Everything sucks. Nobody's working. Uh, what are you watching? Um, I watch. Yeah, man, I've watched so much stuff. It's it's kind of it's all kind of blurring together, but I watched one, I watched one that, uh, man, I really, really liked. It was called, it was on Amazon. I think it's called halt and catch fire. Hmm. And it was, I think it aired on, on, uh, AMC in like 2014 or something. Uh, but it was kind of like, uh, I, I I watched Mad Men years ago and, mm-hmm. and I love that. Um, so it was kind of like 
if you take like the Mad Men uh, sort of dynamic, but instead of like the advertising industry in the in the 60s, this is the computer industry in like the 80s. Oh shit! So okay, okay. so it's kind of it's kind of like the the dawn of the internet, and it kind of starts out where they're they're working in you know this this company in this office, and they're developing the first. Um, uh, uh, laptop and they're they're competing with with IBM and they're like the underdogs mm. and there's like this this like hot like punk rock like computer programmer whiz and there's like this older dude that's like he's like in his 30s but he's older than all <laughs> these computer kids and he's like kind of like the the suit like douchebag but he's like he's like the guy that's kind of like the brains behind everything mm -hmm. and, and um it's like a little cheesy but once you get into it and it's like four seasons holy shit it's pretty okay. it's it's good man it's good and it's got the score or the soundtrack is sick it's all like 70s and 80s punk Damn, like nice I'm, I'm excited so yeah it's it's called halt and catch fire and like i don't i mean i don't know man i won't <laughs> No, that's, I don't get that. Ex I don't get that excited about TV, but this yeah. one just just spoke to me, man. That's good because like me working from home, I've been watching a lot of TV. So yeah, but like yeah, um, my movie of the week slash show or it was a show of the week. It's that morning show on uh, Apple Plus, and that deals with this dynamic of like a morning show, like Good Morning America. Like it's like the best show on TV. Yeah. Who's in that? So it is uh, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, uh, what was Homeboy on Space Force again? Uh, Steve Carell, Steve right? Carell, yeah. So I watch the Space, Space Force, too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> I blasted through that thing in like two days. But this one's the morning show, and it starts off – so it's like the behind the scenes of a morning show, and it starts off with Carell um, and the Me Too movement. And he got he gets uh, accused of all this Me Too shit. So now Jennifer Anderson and him had a TV show for they've been together for fifteen years on the show. So it's like that dynamic about how he feels like all these girls they gave permission and shit, and like he he feels like he is the victim, and then the other side of the coin, where you know Jennifer, what's she gonna do? Like how's she gonna get another person? She's been with this person for so long and it just wild behind the scenes and how the the company just let it all happen even though they knew what shit was going down so it's like it's like there's some yeah. e there's some episodes that are really intense like huh. like oh. su super intense and like it's i like, thought it was like a comedy i had no idea no like dude there's like some funny stuff but it's like it's fucking serious and like I said, there's a couple episodes where they put this crazy disclaimer in the very front for seriously like 15 seconds. So everyone fucking reads it. It's fucking wild. Or like a trigger warning. Warden, well, it's just like with the Me Too movement. So there's like a couple of scenes where Carell gets a little, you know, inappropriate and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And like you like the girl who did, I need to look up her name, but she like she did fantastic and like really good actors in it storyline was good it had me hooked and it's like an hour long each episode and there's 10 episodes right. and it was just it was it, i thought it was going to be funny too 
but it turns out it's just like like Reese Witherspoon got just put in the hot seat from the very beginning and her she's like a very truth person first like doing the stuff that's morally right not the stuff that's right but just doing things that because they're morally right and it's just it's really good tip of the fitted for sure uh you guys should watch it if you guys get a chance a lot of she lives she lives in nashville oh yeah i've been watching a lot of rom-coms with her too (laughs) (laughs) which is funny i love rom-coms but yeah you've been watching luther luther that's one of my favorite shows like oh my god that show is so intense and that one is psychologically intense like have you have you heard of that show luther jeff no what's that what's that all about you want to explain it uh idris elba plays a a detective in london who focuses on like serial killers and and major crimes like Mm -hmm. murder stuff Uh I mean, we were just started season two. The first season, only six episodes, but Jesus, it's so intense. I don't think they could do more than that. Dude, uh, it's, it, it just follows him and uh, like him trying to track down these crazy killers. Like uh, the first scenes, the show starts off the first scene is he's running after a serial killer who has someone who's about to die and he has to try and uh, get him to tell her where she is and like the rest of the cops are looking for her. So it's, it starts off super intense and doesn't really let like let down at all. Yeah. And it goes into like a mind of a serial killer and like how he, you know, gets in there and tries to like find patterns and yeah, things he's like an that. expert. Yeah, he's an he just he's an expert with like the psychology of killers mm-hmm. and uh and he show, and he's dealing know. and he's dealing with his own fucking life shit too. Yeah, like which I'm is bananas. Say, Watching the show because we just watched The Wire. He definitely reminds me of McNulty in The Wire. Okay, he's a little messy, and some of the shit like I'm like, this is it's over the fucking time. Yeah, I'm not used to watching overly dramatic shows. Like some of this shit, I'm like, this is out of control. <laughs> yeah, it gets fucking wild. Yeah, it gets so wild. It's kind of unbel. It it kind of it gets unbelievable. But the but, with know. the stress level at the time, you don't know until you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I got enough. I got enough anxiety as it is, man. <laughs> I, you know, I get into some of these shows, and and it's just like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, I you thought know, it was going to be more of just like, you know, police show. You know, not so fucking. It's so fucking. But the first episode is so intense, and yeah, so, yeah. and it's like graphic. And I'm just. Yeah, we had, we're not watching. I was like, I need to find something else to watch to balance this out. Because <laughs> you, like, you, you, you can't train that thing, that's for sure. No, no, you except, gotta take except a break. for this guy right here. Fucking give me that <laughs> give me that fucking intensity. But yeah. yeah, you gotta take a break from me. I gotta watch something else to, to break up this you know, add some balance to my life. <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking it's 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 such a good show. I love it. It's like probably my top five shows ever. So what do we have next, Sean? We have my my little world news, right? Yeah, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh so everyone in the UK cuz the UK they have these standards where like if you get more than like 20 person per like 10,000 people or something start to get infected with COVID or something like that, like they start closing shit down. So France's number started getting a little high. So they started closing shit down and 
everyone's it's summertime so people are on holiday and on vacation people are just like running back home so they don't get stuck in france and paying ridiculous like airfare prices ferry prices to even go back to uh wherever they're from so they don't get locked down in france for two weeks that's what they get for traveling during this like. yeah <laughs> no there's these there's like this guy had his family and he's just like i just don't want to be stuck in france for two weeks i had to cut my holiday short and this other guy these like they're trying to shut down my civil rights and i was like you guys motherfuckers sound the same as americans yeah, yeah like this is like first world problems like <laughs> you fucking people who can actually travel during and I'm, I don't feel fucking bad for these people at all. No, and that's why I was laughing at the whole time. I canceled so many trips and everything like from this. Like, come yeah, on. I canceled. Yeah. I canceled two international trips this year because of this fucking shit. So well, Nashville is this, you know, big tourist destination, and there's still all these people. It's like I don't know what world these people live on because mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, yeah, I mean, I was just saying that you know, these people traveling. I mean, you got these people coming up to tourists, coming up to my girlfriend's bar, which is open for, you know, take carry out mm-hmm. right now. And and they're like pissed that the bars aren't open in the neighborhood. It's <laughs> it's this area of East Nashville called Five Points, which is, you know, it's not it's not downtown, but it's like a cool little neighborhood mm-hmm. with a bunch of bars. And there's well, they're not only pissed, but they're surprised. You know, they're like, <laughs> where are the bars? It's like, like what the fuck? Fucking- mm-hmm. You pull your head out of the sand, man. Like, what What do you... I'm surprised here, like, with the casinos open, how many people are at the casinos? Like, I drove by the pepper mill earlier, mm-hmm. and it's packed. Atlantis packed. Like, oh, yeah. traveling to Reno and Vegas to go mm-hmm. to casinos right now? No. Yeah, my sister works in a casino in Vegas, and it's just, it's just mob, man. No, it's crazy, because, like, that's what me and my brother went riding downtown, and there's just, like so many people in and out of those casinos and like here up in tahoe all the locals are protesting like stop coming to the fucking beach stop like do like stay home like no school like relax with tourism you know and then like i just see all over the internet like people's like half half your business is tourism like you shouldn't like tell people not to come when like your local economy is going down and i was just like but everyone's getting sick you know like yeah Vegas is going crazy, you know, ever mm-hmm. since they open back up, all these people coming into town, like that's how, you know, that's why their numbers have gone up so much. Like, and it, they have this under control. And it's crazy to think about Americans right now. I saw this map where Americans are allowed to go and it's only like Egypt and Mexico right now. Like, <laughs> because like, because they're just so Every fun. other country, like, that's the thing. It's like every other country has done so much better than us dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You're like I'm like, why are you arguing about wearing a mask? Where literally every single yeah. other country is doing it, and it's work. Like all the things yeah. people here are arguing about, other places did, and it worked. Like, no, it's insane, man. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to how to like reason no. with some of these people. And it's, it's not, and it's, it's not like a local thing. It's yeah. a global. It's not like a poli- USA pandemic. It's a global pandemic. And like I understand, like. Democrats, you know, making us wear masks. I'm like, no, like every fucking other, like, you know, like when I was talking salutes to sea salt, Brad, we have Brad and I were talking, we should move to New Zealand. Like they had like 17 new cases and it was a national crisis. And (laughs) they started shutting everything down and not letting people Mm. in. After 
going a hundred days without a single new case. And then people go like, Oh, but America has the highest population, you know? And it's like, that's why we need to be safer. You know, like, so we don't have the highest population. Mm-hmm. Like China and India have way more people than us. Yeah. But like, they yeah. like to compare us. They like to compare like America to like New Zealand, you know, and be like, it's easy for New Zealand. Cause they don't have that many people, but it's just like, we have a lot of people like just, just California alone. 600,000 people have it, you know? And yeah, it's like, it's because we can't do these, you know, like the perfect example is like the EU has a, has more people than the United States, mm-hmm. but they still, even though they're not one country has still done a better job with this than we have. And, the and thing, they had multiple yeah. outbreaks at the beginning. And I think cause America is so self-centered and like all culture yeah. and that's how it is. They, like they don't care about anybody else. Like, like, Americans are super ignorant of yeah. everything else in the world. I'm like, I understand you might not get sick, but your mom will get sick. You know, your mom could be older. Your grandma, you know, like you have a you have a young kid whose immunity is not strong. Like, even though you're not literally getting affected, you're going to affect everybody else. Like people keep posting like, oh, you know, only this percentage of people are dying. But I'm like, that's still like thousands of people (laughs) you want these people just to fucking die like just because of like not you know just because of disease like pay attention there's more people in the world than just you and like some of these people i see i'm like if you get sick or someone you know gets sick and then you change your tune i'm gonna fucking light you up Mm -hmm. like like you know like you see people like oh you know they're posting like how it's a hoax or all this yeah and then they get sick or like someone they know gets sick and they're like oh you know this is serious blah, blah. like no fuck you like yeah. everyone's telling you that but you're just such a selfish asshole you couldn't until something until, until it, it directly you affects you yeah mm-hmm. and that's the thing with americans it's like no one looks out for you know the other person they're only just worried about themselves and that's just the mentality we've been up like our whole lives, you know, like, you know, no less, less, less government. You know, you could do stuff yourself, pull yourself by your fucking bootstraps and just do it on your fucking own. Like, you know, you're good. That's not anything. Speaking of this, let's move on to your fuck family. Of the, we don't have a fuck for week. This is a fuck family. As a, as a whole fucking family of fucks. What is, what is this? So in, uh, in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge. This like uh, this family at Chili's, they got like a table for 11 people, right? The hostess tells them, I have to separate you guys into like two or three tables because of social distancing, right? So the ladies, it's like three ladies get mad at this 17-year-old hostess for following the rules. They start pushing the, the girl and three ladies gang up on this on this teenager just for following the rules. And they start like one girl grabs like a, a like a like a caution wet floor sign and hits the fucking teenage girl <laughs> oh. and shit like that. So these three ladies in Louisiana, you know, I presumably white ladies, you know, I'm just going to lay it out there. They started like getting pissed and started beating up a 17 year old girl because she's falling. You mispronounced, you mispronounced the word Karen. Oh, <laughs> three, 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 there was three Karens allegedly out there in the streets. So, but it's been happening everywhere. So, in France, they took a bus driver out of his bus and beat him so bad that he died later. What? Yeah. For what? For these guys wanted to get on the bus 
and because they didn't have masks on, they didn't he, they didn't let him on the bus. So they pulled him out of the bus and beat him so bad that he died later. Also in uh, Flint, Michigan, or uh, like a suburb or something like that, at like a ninety nine cent store or a Dollar Tree, these the security guy told them, you know, don't come in. You guys don't have masks, right? They still went in. So the guy told the clerk not to service these people because they don't have a mask on. So they left. So it was him and his wife first. They left. The guy and his son came back and shot the fucker, shot the fucking security guard and killed him. Yeah. Was that recent or that, was that a few months ago? That, that might have been like a month or two because it came back in the news because they ran. And one of the guy's like sisters right. was hiding him at her house. And the cops uh, and the cops came over to her house and be like, hey, is your brother here or something like that? And she lied to the cops. So they finally found him and they're charging the sister. They're charging uh, the father, obviously, for shooting. And they're charging the son to go because uh, they're charging the son with like conspiracy to for murder and shit. So pe- yeah, that's how that's how that. upset people are getting not to wear a mask. Like they think it like in, it's just so bad. Like there's yeah, I've seen so many people have video like video of Karens and like mm-hmm. Costco or Walmart like screaming about wearing a mask. And like yeah. like people are like they have a mental illness. Like something's wrong with them. And like civil yeah. civil liberties, civil liberties. I'm like you've never been pulled over by a cop and them treat you like fucking shit. Like right. for no it's reason. Not civil, it's not civil liberties. Like you have to. You I can't fucking go to the store naked. Like I can't go. <laughs> you can't in Portland. You can't in Portland. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like, they're acting like a civil, uh, like you don't even know what civil liberties are. Yeah. These fucking spoiled, privileged, clueless fucking Karens and fucking Kyles. Kyle are, or Kims. Basic fucking you know, every all the stereotypes about clueless, spoiled fucking Americans. It's coming out in full effect. So ridiculous. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And especially when their president lies to their face and and tells them to their face, I am fucking shit up so I could win. Right. They're, he's literally saying that and That's people they, still yeah. love him. That's, all they want to do is win too, Caesar. That's all they care about. They don't like... They, like it gets me they'd so rather pissed. Have, they'd rather have their fucking president win than like be healthy and shit, <laughs> <laughs> and and have more and have more things in life. It's like it's like they're rooting for their fucking sports team. Like that's you know I always say it. Like yeah, it, it, they that's how much they care about. Like I don't care about any fucking politician that much. Like whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, if my guy loses, but you know like better things happen, that I'd rather that happen. You know I don't give like. These people are willing to like kill for their fucking politician. It's insane. Uh, America, the fuck boy of the countries. Yeah. Well, but anyway, let's get things positive. Mm-hmm. My song of the week, brand new album out by our man Toby Nwigwi, mm-hmm. just came out uh, like what two weeks ago, I think. Yep, somewhere around and, there. The name of the song is Journey. It's off his album called The Pandemic Project. But uh, Toby is the truth. The song, you know, I've got it stuck in my head because it's great. <laughs> Simple music video. If you can, check it out. But uh, listen and enjoy. Southern.
remember cold nights staring out windows watching my breath fog Before I was on point with knuckles like that hedgehog Sonic Used to puff chronic and sip the tonic In the state of the blue bonnet Where they do your worse than bubonic plague Especially if you stayed over there off on park Way before Jeff pushed that lag The color of cornstarch We had never worn hearts on our sleeve Cause the leaf, it breathes in the leaf All the week, if you speak anything harsh over my hood You crazy, word to my mama They'll put something in the clip The same shape as a comma And go bananas with hammers If manners is something that you lack And while pushing Anglo-Saxon Colored contraband in the land Where they ain't wrapped too tight Grew up round wild boys, no MGK They was just rapping white Half my life thought about packing Nice ratchets, light all of my mattress No magnets, I attract blackness Till I begat this little road to Damascus Type of journey Round about the time DK had off himself Often felt that he lost himself to a coffin Cause calls for help were Never answered, he had to dance with a lot of demons My clever banter could never recant the life of scheming That I lived when I was out here with G-Maw going live Before Chops caught them cases and had to go for five Before Jay Slim caught that egg and had to sit down for eight Before Lil Charles had that dough and powder, no funnel cake I was with my running baits, we boxed but had the gun in place My dogs was like Deion Sanders in the field and running bait Ugh. Spit guava, I'm a thick juice brewer Catch you eyeing my wife, I'll pet your eye like Slick Rick Ruler I got more drive than four lifts and six new Ubers But my mama hated on me till I blew like a five-deuce Hoover Ugh. No crip, I need more chips and a nose clip Cause the smell is atrocious, hope you notice Just how cuckoo the flow is when I'm focused I am too cool to locust who approach this throne Now leave me alone and let me learn you something Elohim taught me how to cook, now I can curve the onion Boo did, true did, you bid, better suited If you would do that, contrary to what you see in movies But that's hard to do when you ain't got no point of reference I understand your point of view, so I anoint the lessons In my message, keep my essence I keep all my flows open-minded so you can see the blessings Now can you see it? It's a question of the day Yeah, extra never but I'm always down to catch a fade My dogs, I'm bitch, just won't wait in Abercrombie, state to state But they know the flow tsunami Hopefully they catch the wave on my journey Yeah, so they know the flow tsunami Hopefully they catch the wave on my journey Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's Song of the Week. Um, it was Journey by our man, Toby Nwigwe. Yeah, like I said, off that uh, new project, the Pandemic Project. Um, it's, a little, it's kind of like an EP. I think there's like five songs and then there's like a 30 minute conversation and they just talk about what's been going on with the pandemic and how they're trying to, uh, you know, survive the times. So well, that's all they got that on the album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just listen to him, Jack. I know, you know, we put this on an album. Can I put this, can I put this on an album? Our, our, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm down. Yeah. It'd be like a two-hour album. <laughs> Plus three-hour album. Because you need to put some songs on there. Yeah, I put a couple songs on. Yeah, there, as, as long as as long as I'm in it, I've been trying to get into fucking some albums lately. I've been trying to get my voice out there. <laughs> you know, I've been hollering. I got you. I've been hollering. You. I've been hollering my boys that do music, and I was like, just put me on an ad lib. Put me on a like, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be Nate Dog or anything. I don't got that voice, you know. <laughs> but just like, put me on a hook, well, maybe. 
We're going to be on a music, you know, a music video soon. Yeah, know, we soon. are actually, you know. We so, schedule it. We just got to. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in a music video, but I'm trying to have my voice out there, you know. Nice. I'm trying to I'm trying to strong arm everything. Well, uh, it's that time of the show where we do our meandering questions mm-hmm. with our guests. Uh, Jack, these questions can be answered quickly. They can be answered slowly. You can elaborate or you can remain mysterious. It is up to you. Yes. Go ahead with the first one, Sean. Uh, All right. Our first question. Very serious, some of these questions. What do you prefer more, a cheeseburger or pizza? Fuck. (laughs) See, it's hard hitting. Pizza. You know, when you said said cheeseburger, I, I thought... I was like, yes. And then you said pizza. <laughs> and and I, I was like, fuck, no. Pizza. Okay. Pizza it is. What kind of, what kind of pizza do you like? Tony's you Pizza. Boulder, Boulder City, Nevada. Tony's Pizza. <laughs> there you go. Classic so, classic spot. But um, what about Nashville? What was, the que- what was the question? We're in Nashville. Kind of, yeah. Or what kind of style of pizza do you like? Mm-hmm. You, know, like you like deep dish? You like thin crust? Oh, uh, I'm... I'm basic bitch, man. Just like thin crust New York style cheese with uh, with some ranch dressing to mm. dip it in. Nice. I don't think wow. they I don't think they do that in New York. I heard but, you know, there's uh, there's no ranch in New York to dip it in. Yeah, yeah. but I I mean we've done that, you know, do that growing up, and I, I like. Yeah, that. no, like uh, New York, they're very about their hot dogs, just like Chicago and their pizza. But the pizza, yeah, like dollar slices in New York, and yeah, it's good. Or like five dollar slices, but still, they're just no, 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 no. They no, there's places out there. I've been to them because I went on a pizza expedition when I went out there, and I ate from dollar slices to like ten dollar slices, and but yeah, they do dollar slices that are like as big as your face. So yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm all about. But no yeah. ranch. So I mean, I don't need the ranch, but you know, just in case, you know. It's an old habit. All right. So uh, Eric Clapton or John Prine? Yeah, John Prine. Yeah, Come see, on. that question was give, for you give right me, there. Give, give me a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so uh, what was your favorite oh, thing? You said, hold on. Uh-huh. Huh? You said, you said John Prine. You think John Prine's the greatest songwriter, your favorite songwriter of all time? Uh, who else is up there with him? Yeah, who else? Oh, man. I mean... I mean, Towns Van Zant, Bob Dylan. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Neil Young, Tom Petty, um, Lucinda Williams. I mean, there's a lot of. A <laughs> I, lot just, of uh, I just heard yeah. Tom Petty's uh, state is suing the Trump campaign for using uh, I Won't Back Down uh, good. on the campaign. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. I mean, probably not just Petty. I mean, I think they've been using lots of songs that they don't they don't have uh rights to right rights, rights to use to. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah didn't your dad meet john prine too yeah man uh that was so funny about that man i, I i'm gonna try to make this short but my dad <laughs> my dad wanted my dad wanted to meet chris christopherson and, and chris christopherson and john i mean another, another one i should have said mm-hmm. him too another hero but uh Chris actually discovered John Prine, uh, you know, back in the seventies. And that's kind of why his, his career kind of took off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my dad wanted to meet Chris and 
uh, at this show in Vegas and it didn't happen, but I got to get backstage at a show in Nashville and I met Chris mm -hmm. without my dad. And, you know, but then my dad was at the airport leaving Nashville and, uh, and met John Prime in the airport <laughs> and I wasn't there. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of like, we kind of like one, kind of like one for one on that, you know, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Salute to you, John Prine, RIP. Yes, sir. Um, next Sean. Uh, what was the last musical artist you listened to? Oh, uh, Alex, listen to Alex Chilton today. Um, he's the singer of Big Star, the band from, from, uh, from Memphis, the rock and roll band that a lot of people are. I think they did the, hang it out on the street that that 70s show oh they okay song, that's that's big star but i, I was listening to uh, alex chilton the solo album today that i hadn't hadn't heard all right next one favorite food or food spot in nashville oh man <laughs> does nashville have like a special food and shit it's weird it's like Hot chicken, Caesar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. That's not really my thing, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> that that's the one that stumped you right there. Yeah, I mean, the food here is weird. We got some good burgers, mm -hmm. like Dino's or a place called Browns. We got some good burgers. Um, Barbecue is good. Mexican food is okay. It's like pizza, five five points pizza. Uh, I don't think I I have like one one spot, you know. But uh, it's it's the food out here leaves leaves some something to be desired, you know. It ain't it ain't Vegas, you know. Well, like you know, over here West Coast best Mexican, you know. Yeah, best in the world. I mean, we're so spoiled in Vegas. I mean, yeah. You got to get a bean burrito as big as your head for like $2 at like four in the morning. Yeah. Any, like on Any Christmas. Place. Yeah. You know, like it's, 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 uh, I mean, you know, we got some, we got yeah. some stuff out here. Yeah. But. People everywhere else around the country don't know any, like, like when I go to New York or anywhere or something like that, like the Mexican is just trash. Yeah, I think I have a theory that it has to do with humidity and like there's something about the Southwest that's so dry that it like does something to the tortilla and it seems like, <laughs> it, it just seems like, and I know Mexico is, I mean, Caesar, you would know there's like, Mexico is pretty humid in spots, but in I've spots never- And it's dry in spots, you know, but yeah, I- Yeah, so, so I don't know. And I know there's different, you know, Mexican food is regional, mm -hmm. but- I mean, I've never been to a humid Mexico. I've never actually been to Mexico, so I don't know. But <laughs> but I know that if it's a humid, yeah. if it's humid, the Mexican food is going to suck. Like mm -hmm. Northwest, me, South, me, yeah. mm -hmm. even Texas, like Texas. I mean, Texas is, but it's like, it's not, yeah. it's not like that Southwest thing. That all, no, it isn't. All yeah, accustomed no. to, I totally you know? agree. Totally agree. And that's the best shit. 
you know mm -hmm. I, I mean nothing nothing can even touch that i mean that's the best food southwest well it's just mexican, more mexican there's just mexican more mexicans food. on the west mm -hmm. coast we got a lot of mexicans in nashville actually yeah you know? but but it, traditionally though you know the the west coast was part of mexico they never mm -hmm. you know they never true. had to come there they uh they, yeah. they were they've always been here so they've been <laughs> perfecting the food for too long yeah like, <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's true man <laughs> when i got back from australia i got off the plane and i i uh i had my mom just drive me to roberto's right there by <laughs> yeah one by you the one by unlv oh, the, the, street. the classic one right there yeah, just mm -hmm. straight up bean and cheese burrito, man. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted. First thing. I, I, I miss going to that place in like the middle of the night because it's right by college. So you get all these different characters. You get like college students, you get homeless people, you get like, uh, you know, like just everybody in there. And it's just, you know, and then you get yeah. to play some video games at, to top it off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one, Sean. Hit me. My turn. I said I, I, I said favorite spot food in Nashville. You couldn't answer. Oh, okay. What do you miss most uh, during the lockdown? Uh, I think I miss performing. You know, I I didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I didn't really for a while. You know, but uh, it's it's. You know, and I've been, you know, recording music and, and you know, whatever, but there, there's just something about about playing music live that it's a, um, you know, it's just like a, it's, it's a release, you know, and, and, uh, and it's just, you, you, it's just also lost, lost time that you would otherwise be uh, kind of like, developing you know because you're always improving you're always like changing things up and just kind of have a pause on that whole thing uh strange i mean maybe it'll be you know maybe it'll be a good thing you know maybe everybody will hopefully i think everybody will once things open up and all the bands come back everybody will have a new appreciation for the live for music. it yeah and they'll really hit it hard i mean People will go out to shows more. The bands will be stepping it up. Uh, everybody's not so, uh, won't be as complacent, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. It sucks. I want to, I want to scream. <laughs> into, a, into a microphone <laughs> I wanna, really loud. I want to scream into a microphone. And scream yeah. at people. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go outside and do that. <laughs> uh what what have you been doing the past your time like recording music or something uh sleeping a lot <laughs> uh riding bmx uh -huh. um yeah recording music uh that's pretty much it man mm -hmm. um you know watching some tv yeah seeing seeing friends you know my cousin lives uh pretty close she's in the neighborhood so you know hang out with her a little bit and nice. you know do some small ga small gatherings and stuff but um I ain't totally locked down anymore i mean i yeah. don't think anybody really really is or really does. uh yeah. yeah well yeah i don't know 
feel like I was locked locked down enough to to when I when I started seeing people again, it was like kind of awkward where you don't really know how to hang out with groups anymore. Like I went to I went to a birthday party about a month ago and it was kind of out out in a friend's backyard and there were a bunch of people there I didn't know and I didn't I didn't really like know how to socialize. Just like sitting in the corner. Just like playing with the dog, you know, just like <laughs> hanging out, like looking and stuff in the empty garage, playing with the dog. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to talk to people anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, it. You made you made yeah, it. Random questions. Yeah, you made it through, Jack. Good job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. Hope hope that Mormon girls. Uh, dad doesn't come after us <laughs> i had i had nothing to do with that that house was destroyed when i got there is that the same one where the barbecue uh, went in the pool uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh they, i mean so i heard so i heard allegedly you know? allegedly allegedly no yeah. like i dude we used to like who was like i was talking to vince last night and it was just like all the stuff we got away with and stuff like that. And Vince is like, I don't regret it because nobody died, you know? And there was plenty of moments where, you know, a lot of bod- a lot of bodily harm could have happened to either one of us out in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's doing hood rash shit with your friends and, <laughs> and uh, we stay bonded forever. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything you want to leave off, you know, with Jack, like about uh, Devil's Tower Records or anything like that? Yeah, uh, starting uh, putting some more work into the label. Uh, started it like 10 or so years ago in Nevada. And uh, it's been kind of dormant for a few years. But during, uh, you know, during during this time, we're not out playing gigs and uh, I've got a lot of recording projects that, uh, you know, I want to get out. So we'll be, you know, releasing a bunch of records pretty soon. Some stuff I'm involved with, um, uh, some other friends that I've been recording. We are, uh, we're actually working on a John Prine. I talked about this on another radio show, uh, a, a big John Prine uh, tribute album mm. that that'll uh, I'm not sure when it'll be out yet. We've got most of the songs in the cans, a bunch of artists from Nashville and Seattle and Georgia. And uh, it's sounding, sounding real good. And, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Let's, let's listen to John Prine and yeah, that's it. Don't listen. Don't listen to me. <laughs> John Prine, he's funny. His storytelling ability is fantastic. Yeah, he's great, man. Mm-hmm. He's one of, one of the greats. Yeah. And I want to give a salute to you because because of you and all the homies out there in Vegas who got me into other music than hip-hop, you know? Because of you guys, like, I listen to the Bronx. I listen to, like, Lucero and other, yeah. and other stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And it's always funny when my friends here in Reno, like, when the Bronx came to Reno and I showed up to the show, and they're uh-huh. like, Caesar, this isn't hip hop. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I know the, the Bronx is tight. And then they're yeah. like, and they're like, what the fuck? And so yeah, so salute to like you guys and you know. What about Mar- Mariachi El Bronx, dude? When they came, they didn't do it. 
you know the El, El, El Bronx, but I yeah. want I want to go see El Bronx real bad. It's awesome, man! Mm-hmm. It's so good, dude. I love. They like studied. They like you know studied mm-hmm. uh, to to be able to play that that mm-hmm. style of music. It's not yeah. it's not just a joke, you know. They do no. it well. And for all you listeners that obviously are heavy into hip hop, uh, the Bronx is a band from Los Angeles, and they have a mariachi part of their band now that they called it El Bronx and they sing yeah. songs, but mariachi style and yeah. it's, it's fucking dope. Yeah. It's, it's legit, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cool. you got some you wanna, lo- uh, local news, Sean. Uh, well, first Jack, you want to tell them, you know, where they can, people can find your music, your website, where they can follow you. All that stuff. Yeah. So uh, just, uh, if you, if you check out uh, devil's tower records.com or, uh, jackevanjohnson.com uh there's a lot of music there and then of course uh uh the devil's tower website has a lot of the the uh band camp has a lot of the stuff that uh i've been involved with over the years but um you know if you want to look me up on spotify uh or wherever you listen to music uh jack evan johnson i got a bunch of albums on there and um you know, I'm always posting about friends, bands that are awesome on uh, on Instagram and all that. So, Instagram, at you know, Jack. the normal ways. Yeah. Pe- people are smart; they know how to they know <laughs> how to find people if they want to. You know? Yeah, Jack Evan Johnson on all on all the things. All right. Well, before we go, I got a couple of local things. Uh, this is coming out Tuesday, so I can share this. Ooh, uh, part of the. Reno City Song Project, which was a national project for the uh, endowment of the arts, like uh, to uplift people's spirits during you know the pandemic and everything that's going on. So a bunch of different cities submitted songs supposed to represent their cities, and uh, I was asked to be a part of this. So it was super cool. Oh, uh, sick. Salutes to Eric Anderson, Miguel, who recommended me, but uh, Cliff Porter from Jelly Breads on it. Grace Art. Past guest Grace Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be released today. We made a music video. It's called Eye to Eye, Heart to Heart is the name of the song. So check that out. Uh, the proceeds are going to benefit uh, the Reno Arts Project. And you know, it's helped put on by uh, Art Town. So uh, check that out. Uh, the music video is re- just released. You know, it, uh, this is in the future on Tuesday. So. <laughs> Check that out. And then uh, next Saturday, there is a benefit show for the local group Queens of Shading. Uh, we've talked about them before. Uh, they're a local uh, organization that does community work with women and people of color. Uh, the show is being put on by a former promoter. We've worked with a bunch of Momo Productions. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got, I don't even know how many different bands have submitted uh, virtual uh, either music videos or performances, but I think there's like 25 different bands, including uh, my band Seven Out. Salutes to Steve for making a music video for this this week <laughs> since we couldn't get together. But uh, all the benefits from that show, that's next Saturday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, check it out on Facebook. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's only on Facebook Live, but there's going to be a live auction and over 20 local bands playing to uh, raise money for this uh, local organization. So make sure you check that out next Saturday. Yeah. And then also the homie this Friday, um, the 21st, at the Glass Die, Jeff is organizing a mass ride 
because the city fucked up uh, like usual. All the bike lanes and shit on down Virginia Street. They said we we're going to get some bike lanes. And instead they got more, you know, more sidewalk, less less for uh, bicycles. Yeah, I can't believe they messed that up so badly. So bad. So now we're going to do Now they're going to do a mass bike ride to show how how much they fucked up as a little protest. So uh, if you guys know the Glass Die Reno, they're going to start that at 6 o'clock on the 21st. And then... And two loops like they're gonna go down to uh yeah to, Cal- to california then down to uh to mount rose mm-hmm. and and just do a couple loops. loops to show people that you know the, all that money and they fucked up for bicycles and that was the main things that they wanted to push uh for redoing the street was bicycles yeah because um, they have the, i know like the arts co- mm-hmm. culture connection we we like paid artists to create cool bike racks like yeah. for people but then they didn't include bike lanes mm-hmm. so yeah that's the good old city government fucking shit up like usual and that is why they're protesting it so 21st glass die 6 o'clock mass bike ride don't forget your mask don't forget you know it's going to be a lot of people so we're probably going to be tight together Um, so bring a mask you know be safe out salute there to, salute to Jeff for putting mm-hmm. that on yeah and, uh, worth the glass die yeah Future guest Jeff, we're gonna try to hop on real soon. But hey, uh, Jack, thank you for mm-hmm. joining us today, spending some time talking about your music and uh, you and Caesar's old BMX days, <laughs> doing hood rats. Yeah, shit. it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun, man. Thanks, thanks, you guys. It was real cool. It's yeah. good to meet you too, Sean. Mm-hmm. As well, likewise. Yeah. And yeah, when everything all clears up, come to Reno and do some shows out here. Yeah, go hit that Burgess Park, man. <laughs> I just met I just met some guys from uh, Sacra- Sacramento out uh-huh. here, some BMX dudes, and we were talking about that Burgess Park. Really? That's fucking dope. And, yeah. And uh, we got two new parks now since you've been here, and that's it. Oh, cool. But they're fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Jack, you haven't been here in like fucking, what, 10 years maybe? <laughs> a lot longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you came here for a show. No, I came up there for a show. Yeah, yeah not for B- not for BMX. Yeah, it was yeah, that. I love Reno, man. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Reno, man. Yeah, come really out here. We'll play. Uh, we'll get you some shows, and we'll hang out. And you know, we're old. So we I can... was gonna, I was gonna be in Reno on uh, on June. Uh, it was in June, beginning of June, to play mm-hmm. uh, Spike McGuire's uh, Loudest Folk Showcase. We had a. Oh, had a picnic. T- a picnic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be in G- early June, and we had a big old tour that they got canceled. So, uh, shout out to Spike, man. It sucks that that didn't happen. Yeah, but it'll happen in the future. We'll make some moves. Yeah, right on, man. All right, Jack. Thanks, and uh, you know, I'll talk to you later. I'll go visit soon. All right, cool. All right. Till next time. Make sure you know you listen to us every Friday night from nine to eleven on KWIC ninety seven seven. Mm-hmm. And check us out up on the On all streaming platforms. So thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.